0: Steele and welcome to the Jesus Pie and Coffee Podcast, the place where we have real conversations over pie and coffee. Hey, friends, today I talk with um, my friend Rachel Joy. She um, lives up in the Louisville area and shares about her new um, event center. And I just sat there listening and my face was, um, pretty much, I think I look like a kid in the candy store, just so excited and overjoyed for her. And, um, she shares about how she's moved out of how God has taken her out of one area and, um, he has... I don't want to say healed, but he has um, this ache that he put in her belly and this fire that he put in her belly. um, He has brought it into fruition. So grab your cup of coffee or whatever your favorite drink is. Come to the table and enjoy. All right. Okay, y'all. This is my friend, Rachel Joy. Hi, Rachel. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I don't think we, like, have we ever hugged in the real world? We just... I've always just talked on the interwebs.
1: On the interwebs, because we have never actually met.
0: I think that when I went to an event, you were there, but we didn't get to see each other. That's where I met Becky Kaiser.
1: Oh, good.
0: Yes, I love Becky Kaiser. Look, you mm. connected people. Yes. And that's what yes. you like to do. That is exactly what I like to do. It, yes. Right. Okay. We can expand on that in a minute, but tell me about your family real quick and kind of, you know, what y'all do or what your life looks like on a daily basis.
1: Yeah. So my husband, Trevor and I, we live in the Louisville, Texas area. Um, he is a pastor at the village church, um, here in town. Um, he does missions and church planning and local missions and all that good stuff. Um, and then we have four, kiddo's ranging from 11 all the way down to sweet Annie Joe who is 3 years old. Um it's a wild life. Two boys, two girls. Um it's full but good. Um really good. Um a day in day out life. I mean day in the life of it uh, looks like I'm I'm an Uber for children. Um so I am dropping off children and picking them up all the time. But really we have a um, just this is sweet family culture that I have learned to appreciate over the years. It feels like Christmas morning every morning and that it is that wild, but it's also just um, really sweet. We have a real sweet family life, um, not without its challenges, right? But um, love being a mama and um, working here in the city.
0: So I love that you think every morning looks like Christmas morning. <laughs> I don't think I've ever looked
1: at it that way.
0: (laughs) I'm going to try that tomorrow morning. (laughs) It's
1: Christmas morning. It's Christmas.
0: It's groundhog. And then we're going to pick Christmas morning every day. Yes. No presents, though. The present is you get to eat breakfast. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's exactly right I think I just liken it to the you know Christmas morning yes. it's just wild crazy and in your mind you have like one particular picture of what's uh-huh. gonna happen go you know but then it completely ends up being so
0: yes just why are y'all up at 4 a.m mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yes yes so I just embrace it I'm like okay every morning is Christmas morning and that's how we're gonna roll <laughs>
0: But I still, I mean, I think looking at it, though, from the perspective of Christmas morning is such a beautiful thing and just reminds us to point it all back to Jesus.
1: So we might just need that reminder. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It does keep your eyes fixed on uh, what's what's good and right. Mm-hmm. Uh, points us back. It's, I mean, you know, Jesus is our anchor. Um, his gospel is our anchor. And so pointing us back there daily and that perspective. I think that's what I have to fight for is that perspective of, okay, what are we doing here? What's our goal here? You know, and it's just so boring. Yeah.
0: So have you always lived there and have, I mean, in In
1: Louisville? No girl. I, I moved growing up. I moved 13 times. Um, so we were in a different house almost every two years. Um, but I ended up, um, graduating from high school um, around Spring, Texas, and okay. then moved, uh, went to A&M. So I'm an Aggie, I know, whoop. Um, <laughs> I'm probably more of a two percenter, honestly. Um, but uh, went to A&M, and then we moved up here once we got married. Uh, Trevor was in seminary. I was teaching school, um, and we were a part of a small church plant over in Frisco. So we've lived here ever since.
0: Mm-hmm. One day I'm gonna. Well, when I come up there, we're, well, I'll go to church at the village.
1: Come on,
0: let's do it. I'm ready. I'd love that. What am I doing this Sunday? Mm. Baseball, but maybe the next Sunday. Okay, Absolutely. so, um, man, where do you want to dive in? What do you want to tell people? Um, share with everyone that's doesn't know anything about you, that what you do, what do you want to share with them? The what's new, what's going on
1: Yeah, where God's chasing you, where you're chasing God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, for the last seven years, um, I have, um, I started a nonprofit called Sparrow. Um, and Sparrow has historically for the last seven years been a conference for women. Um, and what we love to do is catalyze women with the truth of God. So his scriptures, um, connect them to the identity, the new identity that we have in Christ. And what does that really mean? Um, so we, we love to help women understand they're gifting. Um, a lot of times, I think in our culture today, you women kind of ascribe to the lie that they have to be a Bible teacher or a missionary in order to be effective for the kingdom of God. And so what we try to do is help sh- shape their understanding of the body and the parts of the body, and then how specifically God has wired you, um, and that he's prepared you for good works. Uh, he prepared those for you before the beginning of time. And so how do we walk in those good works? He has a purpose. So, I always tell women I'm like, God did not save you to put you on a bookshelf and keep you there. He saved you and sent you. And so maybe he sent you into your office. Um, and you're meant to talk about Jesus and share the love of Jesus there. Maybe it's in maybe it is in teaching or being a missionary, but we're all called to mission. And so we talk a lot about that. Anyway, so the conference grew and grew It was in, um, it was in Denton for two years. And then we moved to Dallas for the last five years. And honestly, we're able to catalyze by God's grace over 7,000 women. Um, but an ache, and I really want to talk to your listeners about this because I think, um, I think a lot of women can relate to this. Um, An ache grew in me um, about a year and a half before this last conference that we held in March um, to really um, walk out in the way of Jesus. Um, And there's a beautiful quote by Eugene Peterson. And he says, you know, we talk a, a lot about, you know, Jesus is the way and the truth. And typically we focus on the truth. Part of that, um, but we forget that Jesus is the way. He is there is a way of life of living. We are apprentices of Him, and that re- that means something. That that means uh, something to me how I walk out my daily life. Um, and so, all that to say is uh, the way of Jesus was never disembodied. Um, it was flesh and blood, and it was local. And so this angst in me grew about a year and a half before the last conference where I, um, I'm, I don't know, people that know me, I'm a two on the Enneagram. Okay. And so highly relational um, and want to see people connect to the heart of God and want to see people uh, know that they know that they know that they are loved by God um, and they are um, sent by God into their local context. And so that burden grew just to be on the ground, be in the trenches, live daily life serving others um, and loving others really well. And ultimately pointing them to Christ. And so um, with this large national conference, um, I found it really difficult um, to, to really connect on a local level and, um, and I don't say that lightly, I say that in a way that I was just convicted, like convicted that I needed to, all the things we were talking about, the conference, that I needed to walk those things out in a very um, daily, sometimes minute by minute way. Um, and so how could we, something that we were talking about earlier, Tara, is that it's hard, <laughs> it's hard to have a big conference and connect women in a very significant way to kingdom work in their local contexts, because everyone was from all over the place. Yeah. Um, and so I really started thinking through, okay, I live in Louisville, Louisville, Texas, small little town, uh, right north. It's actually not very small, but it's, uh, right north of, um, Dallas. And I started doing some research. Okay, what what's going on in the city of Louisville? Well, there's a lot going on in the city of Louisville, in fact. Um, one in three kids in, in my town are in poverty. One in three. Um, that means their families are in poverty. Um, and so I had to kind of grapple with that. What does it look like for me to step into that space? And then um, it, I started doing more research. There are six brothels on... Um, one street um, on uh, here in my city six where women are being trafficked and I started thinking okay this is a mile away from my house right a mile so what, what do I do about that and and not as if I'm the answer but what's my part to play because I'm a Christ follower and how would Jesus enter in you know In Matthew 9 and 10, he commissions, uh, Jesus commissions his disciples. And really what he does there is he says, (laughs) he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Mm -hmm. So we need to pray. And you know who the answer to that prayer was? His his disciples were the answer to that prayer. And so he commissions them and he tells them, you go to the disease, you go to the dying, you go to the dirty and you go to the despised. And so Jesus is telling them. You, you go to the people that society has pushed aside. You go to the people who are hurting and broken. You go to them and you give them the good news. Um, and you give them what provides real peace, um, which is his gospel. Um, and, and so I started really, I had to grapple with that. I mean, you're talking to a woman who is in the, it is still in the rumblings of that. And so I started thinking, what if we, Um, started a women's center in the heart of Louisville that, that linked arms with other nonprofits in the city that were providing for the physical needs of these people. And what if we linked arms with them and we actually provided for their spiritual and relational needs um, through restorative dignity practices, through mentorship, all of those things. And what I mean by restorative dignity is um, when you, we have a program where we bring women in, we match them with a mentor and they start working with their hands. Um, and so what I mean by that is like pottery, mm-hmm. woodworking, gardening, those kinds of things. You know what? When you get women working with their hands, what do they do? Mm-hmm. They talk with their mouths. Yep. <laughs> and so we're able to connect those women with, what they, with the um, services that they really need. But then it also restores dignity because they feel seen they feel heard, they feel loved, maybe even for the first time by a woman who is walking alongside them, pointing them to Jesus. So we want not only their physical needs to be met, but we want their spiritual and relational needs to be met. And you know what that does in us, Tara, when we're sitting there, um, loving on these women, um, it is such a humbling mm-hmm. experience. It is, it is, um, I think I'm more impacted, right. uh, Probably than they are, and the reason why is because it's the it's the body being the body. So we're laying down our lives for one another is what First John would liken that to, um, and it's it's pretty incredible. So basically, what I'm telling you right now, Tara, is in this fall um, we are launching a um, basically like a hub for nonprofits. It's a brick and mortar in the heart of Old Town, Louisville and we will be able to serve, um, thousands of women, not only from a volunteer standpoint where we train and equip them to meet the needs of the city, but also from the women who are in need at currently, um, where we can provide, um, just a safe, um, relational and spiritual place for them to connect with, um, Jesus who is Lord of our lives. So, um, We're really, really excited about it. A lot of hard work um, is going into it right now. But I can think of no better thing than to bring the good news out and then to catalyze women to really connect um, with people that maybe don't look like them, you know, and to to, um, love and to serve and not in a savior sort of way, but in a way that I'm going to point you to my savior. And I'm going to be humbled by this alongside you. And we're going to learn. We're going to grow together. Um, I'm really excited, and I can't even say I'm. I'm like giddy about it. I, um, me because I mean, I I can't wait for you to come up and <laughs> see. So it's opening in the fall. It's opening in the fall. Yeah. So, what is the, have you named uh, it? Yeah. So it's called the Sparrow Collective. Mm. So there will be uh, nonprofits uh, that will office in the building that collaborate and work together, there's gonna to be a social enterprise here called Sparrow and Company, where um, that will not open until 2021, but um, where local goods made by women in need will be um, put in the store and up for sale so that it could benefit those women. Um, so it's social enterprise. Um, and then there'll be a, an event center um, where nonprofits can come and have their events for a discounted rate, as well as for-profit entities. We're really about linking arms with the city, um, with for-profit and non-profit entities to reach the city. Um, Yeah, so I hope all that makes sense, but we're we're really excited. In fact, you can go to sparrowcollective.org to learn more about all of the upcoming things. For example, um, we have a large group gathering Happening on April twenty third, um in Louisville. And we will that is a Thursday evening. You wanna come?
0: Tara, get yourself Wait, up here, girl. April twenty
1: third. Mm-hmm. Okay. April I'll look at my 23rd. calendar. Okay. We will um open that event, so Jada Edwards will be speaking, Mm -hmm. Lauren Chandler will be leading worship, Mm -hmm. Sujo John runs an anti-trafficking organization, he'll be speaking, Um, we'll have several guests there, and we really wanna mobilize people in the city to reach the needs of the city, Um, and we're really excited. So that's April 23rd, and then we'll launch our first course um, for volunteers to receive training, it's called the Sparrow Course. That is where we um, will talk through in a deep way about gifting, identity. We'll talk about um, uh, ethnic IQ and poverty cycles and how do you enter in in a way that is helpful, not hurtful. Um, And then we will connect women uh, consistently to nonprofits in the city and our own programming that will launch this fall. So we've got a lot of crazy, wonderful upcoming God has opened the craziest doors here. I mean, it has been unbelievable how God has moved in our city. I believe we're going to see the city changed for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe it. I'm asking the Lord for it. And so just no one is insignificant in the eyes of God. And I think we can help people understand that, help people grow in their understanding and knowledge of that. Um, I think it'll be a win. So
0: I'm excited. I can't wait. Yeah, I mean, you're just kind of inspiring me. Like we, you know, we have recently purchased seven acres and so we want to do, build another, um, we're going to build little houses for people to come and stay. And then um, we are going to build an, a building that's just for gathering and arts and um, feeding people. And so it just kind of, I get excited about all of that kind of stuff. Um I was reading something this morning, and it was one of the things that the school sent home, and like they had to send it home. But man, it was just eye opening. On um, ha- 67% of the kids in the school district are economically dischallenged, and yeah. I was just like, "Dang it!" And just it's it's like you said, it's in your backyard. You don't have to. You don't have to go across the ocean. You can just walk out your back door. You can walk out your front door. That's right. That's right. And do the work. Uh Okay. So, um, obviously we know where God's been chasing your heart. What's, what's been the, what's been the
1: hard part about all of this? Yeah, I think, um, if I can be vulnerable, we like, vulnerable. (laughs) The hard part about all of this is, uh, I think, you know, yesterday I was in church and Matt was talking about when you hold a mirror up, you know, when Jesus holds that mirror up and you, you see for yourself for who you truly are. I think there are parts of me that, um, thought ministry looked a certain way. And so just pursued those things and Um, I don't think they were bad necessarily. I just think, I think I'm just attuned now more to the voice of God going, it's not all going to look that way. Um, Ministry is hard. There are hard things about this past year. um, I battle anxiety. And so there are hard things that I've had to work through this past year. um, But they've marked me in such a way that it's almost fuel for being in the trenches and loving people really well Um, so I would say the hard part is switching my mindset to go um, Jesus has called me to apprentice him and I'm getting that from that book John Mark Holm Uh, he wrote um, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry it's a fantastic book if you have not read it holy cow read that book yes ma'am So Ruthless Ruthless Elimination Elimination. of Hurry. I'll tell you what, it um, talks about apprenticing Jesus and the way that he lived his life as opposed to the way that we live our lives. Um, And I think what I've been convicted of is um, I had no margin before. I had no margin. I did not have margin in my life to pursue the things I knew I knew that I knew that I knew God was asking me to do, and he was asking me to be in the trenches, go local, love people really well in my day in, day out life, and then see the needs of my community, like the people here. Um, And for those of you that don't know, Spirit Conference is based in Dallas. That's about 45 minutes away from where I live. And so um, I just felt insanely convicted. Here I am pushing back darkness in a city that I do not live in. In reality, I need to. I need to start home base. I need to be here. I need to be present in my community, um, loving people well with the hope of the gospel. And I, I think there's just the shift has been insanely uh, difficult for me um, to realize. Oh man, I why Okay, God, you. I know you had all of that for a reason, and I know you were in it but now you're drawing me, um, local. And so honestly, the hardest part has just been switching my mindset, um, and really allowing him to give me eyes to see the people right around me. Um, I've just been really convicted, honestly. Uh, it's been good for me. It's also been hard.
0: Sure, I hope that makes
1: sense. Does that make sense?
0: Total sense. I think my, um, And it's a, I think it's because of the word conference and ministry that um, I've thought, okay, well, it has to look like this. We have to have, you know, the welcoming crew and the coffee bar and the praise and worship and the speakers and the food. And then everyone goes home. And I was just like, well, how, so everyone just left here and how do we, like, that's always been my struggle. Yeah, And then it gets bigger and you can only um, text everyone or email everyone or check in and you on everyone so much. Right, <laughs> and right. so I think that's been one of my biggest things. I was like, what What happens when they go home, when they go back to where they're going and how do they stay connected? And how do we keep encouraging and loving them and pointing them back to Jesus? Because we can't just do it on social media and send them a weekly newsletter right so i think i i love what you know how you've shifted god's taken what you had had done and shifted it into exactly what um was on your heart because Mm -hmm. with the conference level you know everyone went home after they left your conference and and you don't know what they all got out of it you hoped that they got you know Got had laid on your heart to share, but you don't know that. And this way you're like in the trenches every single day in your backyard and you're seeing them walk through your front door every single day. And mm-hmm. you know that you are, um, putting in their hands and in their hearts, um, exactly what God says
1: to do. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, you know, it's funny because Tara, I, I do feel like this this is going to be, and it already has been harder sure. because it's day, day and day out obedience, mm-hmm. you know, but God by the power of his Holy spirit sustains us. And then also he shapes us. So I'm being shaped into the image of Christ because I feel like I've, and, and all of us are honestly, if you're in Jesus, in Christ, but It's like when you're shaped and molded, some of that shaping and molding hurts, you know, and it's hard and it's, um, you grow weary. And I think that's why Paul always tells us like, or he tells us in his word, like in God's word, you know, don't grow, don't grow weary of doing good. And I think, um, this, that part of me has been tested in the day in, day out faithfulness and obedience to love my community. Um, And uh, the conference was difficult in other ways, um, but I really felt burdened. Like, okay, we talk about this at the conference. Right. But, okay, now it's time to to not just talk, but walk and walk it out in a real authentic way. And there's going to be bumps and bruises along the way, but I think it's in the journey and it's in the journey of becoming more like Jesus, hopefully, you know. So, yeah, I'm excited about it, uh, and excited to take and mobilize women along with us, um, uh, and to see our city the needs met, you know, um, in real tangible ways. So, yeah, so, um, what,
0: what, what, um, I guess I don't even know what, let's see. So you acquired the building. What stage are you in the building or what stage are you in the whole process?
1: Yeah. So we acquired the building. How'd you acquire the building?
0: How'd you fund that building? (laughs) It's crazy. Uh,
1: it's crazy. Um, I don't know anything that God does that isn't crazy. It's just the craziest thing. So this summer, this past summer, I was in Old Thomasville prayer walk-in and just feeling like a lot, of, a lot had happened. Um, and uh, just in the spring, um, a lot of heavy, really difficult things. And I'm just, I, I was really open-handed going, okay, God, what do you want? What do you want to do here? Um, and there was a building that kind of caught my eye. I really felt like I needed to pray about that building. And I hope y'all hear me in all of this, because I can be a little like, I believe God speaks. I believe um, that there's inklings of inclinations that we have that we need to pray into. And so I just started praying, called up a commercial real estate agent. That's a friend of mine. And he was like, Rachel, that building is not for sale. And... (laughs) I was like, okay, I don't know what that inkling was for then. So I dropped it about two months later. I'm sitting down with the same commercial real estate agent and it turns out that the owner had called him back and said, okay, we'll sell it. Well, honestly, I don't have funding uh, in and of my, you know, self and uh, Sparrow. Um, Although we, we did want to take the funding from the conference and put it toward a building. We did not have a way to fully fund this thing. And um, I ended up, uh, through a series of events, um, meeting with some folks that, uh, are people who are local and believe in the mission, uh, of Sparrow Collective and really of, um, you know, what God has in us all together as a whole, our mission. And they ended up, uh, purchasing the building and, uh, ended up, we are, we are God fully provided the funding to renovate the building, um, because it's, it was built in 1927. Um, super cool. It's historic landmark here in Louisville. And (laughs) I'm just, I mean, just provision after provision after provision. Um, and I think it's been really affirming, you know, um, because it's not just been provisioned financially, it's been provisioned through, um, the giftings of people. I mean, we have people that are doing uh, that are able to do art and woodworking and all of these restorative practices with the women because of just faithful people who have gifts that want to serve in this way. So it's just, it's funny once you say yes to, sure, uh, like you lay down your, like you surrender. It's not just like, oh yeah, okay. But it's like, I'm laying it down. God, I will do whatever you have asked me to do. And once uh, I just kind of gave myself over to trying to walk by the spirit and what he had for us. I mean, uh, he's the provider he provided. um, in all the ways that we have needed so far. And so um, that's, that's the story about that building. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about that building in particular because it's um, it's really accessible. It's on a bus route. It's down the street mm-hmm. from the CCA in our in our in our city who, that um, serve um, over six thousand families a year um, who are in poverty. Um, and then it's also down the street from the Salvation Army that served. Uh, they served two hot meals a day, and so Girl, it's location, it's just location, position. Location. Uh, location, 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 location. Yep, that is true was true. So we're thankful. God provides. Um, and it's not always easy in how he does it, but he, he provides. And so.
0: Mm, that's, I just can't wait to see it. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, um, I hate to say we have to wrap this up, but I want to, I'm thinking how I want to coin these questions to you that I ask everybody. So if you, we're going to invite some of those women that um, you're bringing in to this event center to Sparrows, and you're going to invite them over to your house. What would you cook them for dinner?
1: Oh man. Okay. Well, I need you to know this about me, Tara. You're going
0: to say I don't cook.
1: I don't cook. <laughs> fine. Okay, um, fine. You know what? I will tell you. You have this. to have a I... go-to
0: meal. Come on.
1: I do. I do. Okay. What's your go-to? Uh, my daughter, okay, she's 11 years old. She is actually an incredible chef, and so when we when we have people into our home, she bakes the most delicious uh, cannolis and Ooh. macaron. Amazing! So, um, and we all have sweet tooth around here.
0: Yeah, because- I was gonna ask if you like cake or pie. Which one do you like? you like, funny. I don't I like- care,
1: either one of them. I, I'm like of the of the mindset, all of the above. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not picky about sweets, Um, but anyway, uh, she, because I'm trying to, as her mama, like, you know, help her develop that skill of cooking and, um, what she wants to do. She wants to be a chef. So, um, she always makes homemade meatballs. Um, Mm. and they are the most delicious things you will ever try. So she makes those, she makes cannolis. She's got a little Italian flair to her. Um, but yeah, I probably served them that. Um, but really, if you know me very well, you know that I always have coffee on hand. I am a coffee girl. So um, serve a little bit of coffee, always around a table for conversation. Always, yes. always. So
0: Okay, will you tell your daughter to send me one of those recipes? Or will you, yeah, ask her to share one of those recipes that we could share with everybody? Absolutely. or like, yeah. Maybe all of them. <laughs> me, I was like, mm, actually, I'll just come there for cannolis. I'm like, I'm not gonna try that.
1: Someone yes. might
0: want to do that, yes. but not me. I
1: will. I will send you all the recipes. They are delicious.
0: I love it. Okay, so um, and then tell us what book you're reading. Are you reading any books right now?
1: Yeah. Um, so I am. I mean, you've currently- already told us one or two, actually, but mm-hmm. one for sure. Yeah, I, this kind of sounds funny. I don't know if this would be a helpful resource for any of your listeners, but um, right now, uh, just in my time with the Lord, um, I'm studying Mark, um, but then outside of that, as you know, parenting is hard, Tara. Uh, yeah. okay? Parenting is hard. It's getting me all the time. Um, and so right now I am reading the book called Untangled. And it is a book on the seven stages of just raising girls in this world, and um, specifically uh, preteen girls. So it's like through the seven transitions into adulthood is what the tagline is. But I'm reading that book; it's been really helpful. Um, the woman, as far as I know, who wrote it, um, she it's not it's not a Christian based book. It's um, she's a counselor, um, but really studies. Uh, young women and um knows there's kind of seven transitions that they make and it's a thing it's a whole thing Tara and I am learning to just um learning along the way how to parent through and um, these stages and girls at school and all of those things and how to yeah point her to truth along yes. the way yes um So anyway, I would recommend that book so far. I am about halfway through it and it's it's a great book. But it could um, probably be
0: a good book for anybody to read. In my opinion, I'm thinking, well, I don't have girls, but I have boys. But uh, there will be girls probably in the family one day.
1: Yeah. And it would probably just just help
0: with encouraging women anyways.
1: Yes, it does say that in there that this book would be helpful for boy moms to read as well. Just as you're helping your your boys navigate those waters, all the transitions, and just it it helps. It just gives a clue into like the emotional transitions that they make and stuff like that. So really good. Um, I would say another book that I'm like, uh, reading and obsessed with really is we have a training program at our church and um it's it's a phenomenal program but uh one of the books i have to read for it is called the drama of scripture. scripture oh <laughs> it's
0: um, i only you know, know that, that because, huh? <laughs> because of the church where i go in Brenham. yes the our worship yeah. leader and our lead pastors are all about that book and they're all about mm. the village church too Oh, good. Well, that book, that's where my husband has is it sitting cool. on the counter or on his desk and reads it too.
1: That is too funny. That is too funny. It's, it's a great, it's a great book. Great
0: book. I haven't so, picked it. Up. I haven't, I haven't picked it up yet. Well, but, you've been a little busy, but
1: well, it's pretty good. <laughs> you have a lot going on with your book coming out and everything. You do, but I'm excited.
0: Okay. So, um, all right. Well, tell everybody, um, the best place to find out more just what is the Sparrows, um, collective.org yep. the best place yep. to find everything.
1: Yeah. You can go to, um, Sparrow Um, or you can find us on Instagram and that is underscore Sparrow collective. Um, And then also you can follow me, Rachel, R joy um, on Instagram, but um, would love for you all to follow along with us. Is there a way for people to partner with you guys? Absolutely. You can go to our website and we have, um, where you can email in, uh, for partners. We have partnership opportunities, absolutely available. I can email and And say, hi, can I make pie with everybody? (laughs) Oh (laughs) my here, let's do it. Let's teach the (laughs) girls how to make pie. Let's do it. That would actually like bless my soul. (laughs) Somebody needs to help me learn how to make a pie. I've always told you, I think I told you this over Instagram. I'm like, I am coming down there. I want to be in your kitchen. Yeah. Help me understand how to make a pie, you know, I can do that. I'm going to grab some girls and come on. I
0: had two classes on the other day and I have one tonight. So the classes are available. Maybe I'll just come to your area and we can have a class there. I would love it.
1: At your cool place.
0: Do you have a kitchen in your event center? There is a kitchen. Yep. Let's do it. Sweet. (laughs) Sounds awesome. Okay, friend. Well, I've loved catching up with you and um, I'll see you soon. See you soon.
1: Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Talk to you later. Bye.